0: seek the Lord this morning, wherever you are. Uh, John chapter 20, uh, verse 27 says, then he said to Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here with your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. So this morning, may the truth of his word and the proof of our testimony be evident uh, from wherever you're joining us, from out in the workplace or from your church at uh, your couch at home. Let us draw near to the throne together as we sing.
1: Tis so sweet to trust.
0: I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. And Psalmist says here, I've seen you in the sanctuary. I see your power and your glory. Lord, we too long to see your glory. Strengthen us.
2: Amen. Well, good morning. This is a time where we take up our morning offering, and in the non-traditional way because we have to do it online. Uh, I know many of you have been so faithful at bringing your gifts to the church, and we so appreciate that. And uh, I just want to say thank you for going out of your way and being so generous during this time, this, this difficult time of uncertainty and so forth. And and I thank you and appreciate so much the faith that you all have shown Just want to say before we do take this moment uh, to remember the Lord through our tithes and offerings uh, That uh, we are excited about next week We are going back We had such a great response with our outdoor service last week Easter Sunday We're going to do another drive-in Sunday next week and the week after So April 26th and then, and then May 3rd uh, So we... Um, we are hoping that you'll spread the word about that and, and let people know that if they don't have anywhere to be at 1030 next week, we will still do our live stream at 9 a.m. and then the outdoor service at 1030. If the weather's bad, we're still going to do it. Uh, we'll just be, Daniel, I'll be more like that puppy in the window kind of thing. And we'll be inside the building uh, preaching from there. We can still see you through the windows. Uh, but if weather prevails, we'll be high and lifted up in the lift again and, uh, and have a great time worshiping the Lord together. May 10th looks like it will be our first day back. And let me just say ahead of time, we we are trying to find a way to do that where everybody can come together and worship safely. And so wheels are turning, gears are, are moving up there as we try to conceive of how to create the space. It will be different. So if you're thinking that May 10th will come back and everything will be exactly like it always has been, that is not going to be the case. We will be looking at how to create a safe environment. If you've been to Walmart recently, then you'll know that things have changed in the way you go to Walmart. Uh, it's the same thing everywhere where we're trying to create safe environments. And a lot of people say, why do we have to listen to what the government is telling us? Let me just assure you, this isn't something the government is telling us to do. This is something we're doing out of the safety for of our people. And, uh, and trying to be responsible and good stewards. And we do not want to be a public health hazard. We never wanted to be a public health hazard. Uh, it's just a, the mindset uh, will have to change a little bit. And when you think about it, we've always done that. We had rooms that were too crowded or too many kids in a room. We try to create bigger spaces in different environments to make sure that people are in the safest and most productive way possible uh and that's what we're going to do just different parameters but the same thing we've always done our mission is still the same to preach the word and to make disciples and uh and that's that's what we're going to continue on doing to live for christ to learn his ways to learn his word uh to love others as he loves us and to lead others to him right now let's take a moment and if you have gotten good at texting your gifts online this is that moment uh take a moment As we take up our offering Let's pray Father we just thank you God for how great you are Lord I'm so grateful Lord that um, we begin Lord there is some light at the end of this tunnel Lord we do see Father that uh, the world's not going to end because of all this Lord you control these things by your hand Lord, you, you hold us in, in your hand. Lord, may we as believers remember our lives never end. We are eternal beings created by an eternal God, given an eternal destiny by an eternal Savior with an eternal love for us. And and Lord, we are so grateful today to just put our faith in you and trust in you and your power. Lord, these are these things that are happening in our world today are the results of living in a fallen world and lord may you just give us the grace to get through it lord but to always remember it doesn't change our mission you never said when things get difficult that we can stop making disciples father so may we stay focused upon the prize the prize of the high calling which we have in christ jesus and lord may we just be faithful and obedient to you give us Give us direction and guidance in the days and weeks ahead, and may we find a way uh, to keep people safe, but it's still time to accomplish our mission. Lord, we know that you have a plan, and you will guide your people through this, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: It's hard to be judged for one mistake. But it's what I'll be remembered for, I guess. I wasn't always the doubter. That's not who I am. I have a zeal for Jesus. I always have. When Lazarus died, no one, wanted to return to Bethany with Jesus. The atmosphere there was volatile and dangerous. Jesus said he'd show us his glory. I assumed we'd all die there. Still, I'm the one who said, let's go. But then, then came this room. none of us understood as we sat at that table this is my body this is my blood he raised the dead he he cast out demons even what could he possibly mean I didn't doubt it when they told me he was dead But how can you not doubt someone coming back to life? Some didn't doubt, but for me, it was harder. Maybe it was just that I didn't want to be disappointed. Many came after me who believed without seeing what I saw. Jesus called them blessed. Yes, I touched the place of the nails. The hole in his side. Such definitive proof that I cried out, My Lord, my God. But that wasn't the only amazing thing. The Almighty One, he came back for me. He didn't want to leave me behind in my out. He says, I'm worth that, and I'll follow him anywhere for the rest of my life
2: here with us today, and um I know that uh, this non-conventional way of getting together is beginning to wear thin on many people, uh, and and just so grateful, though, that we do have the opportunity to to worship together, to read God's Word together, to proclaim His Word, and, and as we've been in this uh, series called Finding Jesus, it really is about finding Jesus in whatever circumstances we're in. We see that... When he was in the garden in the time of desperate straits, there he was. I mean, he reveals who he is in those times when it is desperate and we don't know what God is up to. We, he reveals that when he's being crucified, there God is. There he is. There's Jesus. This is who I am in times, again, when all hope seems lost. And uh, and then last week when we saw an empty tomb uh, yet Jesus reveals himself through the empty tomb more about who he is that he is the resurrected Lord and today we look at a a passage in about a disciple who wasn't there when Jesus revealed himself and said I'm not gonna believe unless I can see the scars in his hands I'm not gonna believe unless I can put my hand into his side and So much so this story is recognized that we actually have a a term for people who are doubting people, and we call them a doubting Thomas. Doubts, though, are something that we all struggle with. It's easy to say that I would believe or I I would not doubt after the fact, but there are many times when doubts begin to creep in. And we are in a time right now when doubts are just soaring. All over the place. Doubts about our economy. Doubts about our safety and welfare. Doubts about what's going to happen with our jobs. Doubts about what's going to happen with our families. Doubts about what's going to happen with the church. Doubts everywhere. Because we've had something introduced that we didn't expect. That we didn't anticipate. We felt like we had everything mapped out the way we wanted it and now that's been taken away. And and the key to surviving this time, the key to being who God wants us to be through this time, is realizing that when we have these doubts, we we have an opportunity to either turn our direction toward Christ or to turn our direction to some other source for hope. The nation of Israel failed over and over and over again because They would get to a place where they would doubt that the God who helped them to cross the Red Sea, the God who helped them to cross the Jordan, the God who made the walls of Jericho fall, they began to doubt. The God who had delivered them from Egypt in the first place, they began to doubt that this God was still there. They began to doubt that this God still had their best interest. And so when doubts came in, instead of turning to that God who had been so faithful to them, They began to turn to other sources of hope. They began to listen to what other nations were doing and say, well, let's turn to their gods or let's look at their solutions. And that is the temptation right now. The temptation is to think I've got to do something or I've got to look and see what other people are doing instead of being diligent to stay focused upon Christ and seeing that he is in this moment. He is in this life situation that all of us are in. And it's just a matter of discovering where he is and what he's doing and being obedient and faithful to him. As always, we need to begin with the word. When everything is falling apart around us, when everything seems to be disintegrating, there is one fixed point that God has given us that we can go to to get clarity about our situation. We don't look at the Bible through the lens of the world. We look at the world through the lens of the Bible. And, and so we, we look at his word and see what he says to us. We see what he's revealing to us. And then we interpret our surroundings accordingly. This morning, we're looking at in the Gospel of John. Again, we've been in the Gospel of John, getting John's perspective. John, the beloved disciple. John, the one who was there with Jesus all the way in all the most important moments in Jesus' life. And there at his death and there at his resurrection John gives us a very unique perspective, and he shares with us now about what happens after the resurrection. And we start in verse, uh, it's going to be John 20, verses 19 through 30. Uh, It says, When it was evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. so the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, If I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. A week later, his disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hands and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Pray with me. Father, as we just look at your word together this morning. May you help us discover that you are there. Even when we are not believing, even when we have doubts about everything that's going on around us, about where all this is going to go, about how all this is going to turn out, Lord, no matter what stage of life it is, Lord, this is not a new thing. We have doubted our circumstances ever since we've been created. We have doubted your word ever since Adam and Eve were on this earth. Lord, we, we have doubted all the things, Lord, around us because of our fallen nature, And, Lord, I pray, God, today that we will see that if we will look carefully, if we will search for you, we will find you. If we seek you and your kingdom and your righteousness, Lord, you will be discovered. And, Lord, you will take care of everything that we need. May we trust in your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a show a while back called Fear Factor. And I remember watching a couple of episodes, and I don't know if you remember or not. It was a it was a program basically uh, where it was a stunt dare kind of game show, and um, and they would have these contestants that would have to compete in these stunts that would play upon people's fears, sticking your hands into something that would terrify somebody normally, or eating something that would terrify somebody normally, just crazy, insane stuff for the sake of getting money and it and it made us all ask a question and that is how much would it take for me to do that how much how much would you have to pay me in order to get me to do that and seeing if we had a price if there was a number that you would get to I wouldn't do it for fifty thousand dollars oh but for five million maybe I would maybe I would do that for five million dollars especially guaranteed uh, and and that's and that's kind of life in itself. We we look, we place a value on things and say, I would be willing to overcome my fear uh, to do that. I, I, uh, I liken this to toddlers when, when they're afraid of doing something and they're like, no, no, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. And you say, what if I gave you an ice cream if you did it? Then it's like, you can see the look change on their face. And they're like, for an ice cream, I will do it. I will overcome this fear. I will overcome this. Sometimes it, ice cream is not enough. Sometimes fear is too great. But it is amazing that so often with our fears, there's a threshold. There's a place where we get to and it's like, oh, wow, I had that. And there is a fear factor in having faith in Christ. There's, and the fear factor is, is that if I trust him, then I... These, and, and if it turns out to be wrong what if he fails me what if he's what if he turns out not to be real what if all the things he's asking me to do don't work out what if i put myself out there and everything falls apart what if everything everybody else is saying is true you know and, and we sit through these classes and go to college and have all these things and, and we have all these ideas and we and the problem is we get these dreams and aspirations we begin to put together a plan for our own life we begin to Fabricate how we think the world should go and when Jesus doesn't line up with that or or at least there's the fear of losing it Then we're not sure we want to trust him because here's what it comes down to you are going to lose your life He is literally saying You are going to have to lose your life in order to follow me He repeats it over and over and over again. You're going to have to take up your cross he who tries to keep his life will lose it. He who will lose his life for my sake will find it. You need to, that we. Paul says, "I am crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live." So there's no pretense here. Following Jesus Christ cost us the life that we have. So here's the question: Do we believe that He has another life for us? Do we trust that in place of the life that we have, because He says? If we lose our life, then we will find life. Do we believe that if we jump off that precipice, that if we step off that cliff, that if we take up that cross, that whatever metaphor you want to use, if we give up the life we have, that he has one waiting for us. And so you see people hanging on and hanging on and hanging on. In fact, in evangelism explosion, one of the things they teach you to do when you're sharing your faith is is to use the illustration of a chair. And, and that when you have a chair, if you have faith in the chair, you just sit in the chair and you believe the chair is going to prop you up. But if the legs have been sawn off one of those, one of the legs has been sawn off one of the chairs you sit on and you fall down, and you do that repeatedly, you get a little bit more anxious about sitting in that chair. You're a lot more careful about it. You like to check it and inspect it and look at it and make sure all the legs are there and so forth. But for the most part, we don't think about that. We just sit in chairs without any thought because we have complete faith in those chairs chairs and that's what faith is that's that's it's the absence of fear it's where i just simply say oh yeah this is going to sustain me this is going to work this is going to be the life that i want so so we we have the ability to sit and and just do what it is that god tells us to do because we trust him we trust him i can go and do what he asked me to do because i believe he has my life in his hands That's what gives missionaries the ability to go to places where their lives are endangered. That's what gives people the ability to put them make themselves vulnerable when they share the gospel with other people. That's what gives us the ability to be bold for Christ in difficult times. So it gives us the ability to just pursue loving people who are unlovable. Because I don't look at it as I'm giving years of my life away to this person who doesn't deserve it. I look at it as I'm just doing what God has called me to do, believing I have an eternity. Waiting for me. That means if I have to spend time away from family and friends, if I have to take time and, and be away for, and not be able to pursue the dreams I want, if there's a lot of fishing days that I gave up, if there's a lot of uh, days I wish I could have binge watched this particular television program and never got to do that, it's okay because I have all eternity, a great eternity waiting for me where I will get to do things that are enjoyable and pleasurable forever without being in a fallen world. Look as John relates to us what happens immediately after um, Jesus dies. And see the fear factor that is here with the disciples. Verse 19. says, When it was the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. So already we see they, um, they have heard word. That Jesus is alive, but they're still hiding with the doors locked. Because even though he looks okay, I'm not okay. I'm, he's resurre- He's Jesus. He's resurrected from the dead. I'm not good. And then it says, Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, Peace be with you. And immediately he is saying to them, There is no reason to be afraid. There is no reason for you to have Fear in this moment. Stop the anxiety. Stop the stress. Trust me. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Now that's a key point there, because remember, in a little bit, we're going to see that Thomas doubted and said, "I want to see his hands and his uh, and his and his and the fingerprints in his hands and the side." Well, the reason why he's saying this is because that's jesus has already showed the disciples you know when they're telling thomas they're saying we saw the nail prints in his hand. we saw side." and thomas is saying you know what i won't believe it and unless i actually touch the nail prints actually he's thinking they're all been deluded there's, that something's happened that they've all been brought into this mass delusion and there's no possible way that that could be right have you ever been in a situation where somebody's telling you something that's just so unbelievable you're like there's no way that can be true and 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 so but they're like no no it happened it happened well that's the case with thomas and and the reason is is because jesus has given this to the disciples and as a result of showing them his hands and his side so the disciples rejoiced when they saw the lord they believe it's him they know it's him jesus said to them again peace to you As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now, this is very comforting. Remember I said earlier that, yeah, of course Jesus rose from the dead because he's Jesus. And this is Jesus saying, you're right, I am Jesus. But as the Father sent me and resurrected me from the dead, now I'm sending you. Now I'm passing the mantle of who I am on to you. And after saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, that's a complicated passage. And and at some point, we'll unpack that, probably on Wednesday night uh, at 6 o'clock. If you want to join us for our Zoom Bible study, we'll unpack that verse a little bit. But right here, I just want you to see that here is the promise of the Holy Spirit and Jesus saying to them, This is how I'm passing my mantle onto you. I had this mission from God. I had this I had this commission and and I have been fulfilling it. Now I'm passing on to you. And the way that I'm passing on to you is I'm giving you the spirit that empowered me. Remember when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. And then through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus ministered to people and and did miracles and so forth. It is this Holy Spirit that is now going to empower the disciples. The same Holy Spirit that empowers us. And here's here's our takeaway from this. We need to receive the Holy Spirit. We need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to coin a phrase here that I'm going to put on a t-shirt someday. And that is, and then we need to go bay. Go bay. Uh, that's just taking go and obey. Because I think the two go hand in hand. When we say that we're going to do what it is that god has called us to do when we are going to obey him there is an element of going out and doing that it is that that kind of uh when you say hey would you take out the trash and your child says sure i'm thinking of a teenager specifically right now and, and they say sure uh, you want to see motion in that you want to see not just a verbal affirmation you want to see them actually get up and move toward the trash that's go bay uh and so uh just when so when you go out and you and you sense that god is calling you to do something it may be i want you to walk across the room in spite of social distancing i want you to (laughs) engage this person and you can still keep six feet of whatever and so you can do whatever you need to do but be obedient be obedient Go where God would have you to go. Do what God would have you to do. That's putting those two together. That's that go bay. And you can do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been empowered to do that. So here here is the overcoming the fear factor thing. I don't want you to miss this. We uh, are not called to stick our hands in a vat full of bugs. We're not called to drink stupid things. But he did say that... uh, of that venomous snakes and all these different things that these things aren't things we need to be afraid of when we are being obedient to God and we have all kinds of illustrations of that through the Bible where God called people to be in lion's dens where he called them to be in the fire where he called them where Paul gets bitten by a snake and it doesn't harm him and and all these different things occur that you have people who literally die and come back to life through the power of God so we are not to be afraid. We are not to be afraid. When we are empowered with the Holy Spirit, we can go and obey. We can go obey. Uh, and really, I am just keep saying that because I will know whether you watch the message or not by whether you know that term. That's my little keyword of the day, go obey. And if you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, then I know you didn't watch it. So, it's, of course, if you're hearing me say this, it's irrelevant. But when you come to a place this week and you sense, when you're reading His Word and you see what He's saying to you and you sense the Holy Spirit saying to you, this is what I want you to do, then you need to go and do it. Go and do it. It's not doesn't matter what is happening. What matters is, is that God is calling you to do that. And you need to go and do it. The thing that God is asking you to do. If you're waiting for the perfect day, the perfect day is when God asks you to do it and you know that He's asking you to do it. And go in the power of His Holy Spirit. The next thing, after we get past that fear factor, is this idea of believing. And this is this is something I I hear people. I've heard these words, and and Tom, they're Thomas's words, but I've heard them through so many different people. And that is, I will never believe. I will never believe. I will never believe. It could be, uh, basically, it's when something is said that is so incredulous to someone or or about someone. It could be when you're talking about a friend who has betrayed you over and over and over again and then another friend comes and says, you know what, they're all better now. They're, they're really a completely different person. And you say, you know what, I will never believe that that person can change. I will never believe that this church will ever accomplish this or be this or do that. And and we, we say these words over and over again in regards to different aspects of life. I will never believe that this will be like this or this will ever occur. I will never believe. Sometimes it's about our own dreams. I, I don't ever believe my dreams will ever become real or ever become true or ever be realized. But many times we think it about God. I just don't believe God will ever bless me. I don't think God will ever get me past this hurdle i don't believe that god can deal with this i've had people many times come to me and say i just don't believe god can love me the way i am i don't believe he can forgive all my sins i don't believe i can be forgiven when we use the word never we we've lost sight of of our finite fallen nature. When I say I will never do that something, I've lost sight that, one, I am temporary. The words I'm saying today, I have no power over tomorrow. All I can say is I currently at this moment do not believe or I currently at this moment don't love you or I currently at this moment don't think I'm going to do that because that's all I got. I'm right here right now have no power over who i'm going to be in the the future. Well, i have some influence in that. But what i mean by that is i i can't predetermine my own life because i'm not god. And the other thing we lose sight of is our own fallen nature. That our minds are deceived, that what i think is real today may not be what i think is real tomorrow. I do not believe the same thing i believed when i was 5 what i was 10, when i was 15, when i was 20, when i was 25, when i was 30, i have differences of understanding from last year. And it's because i'm a fallen person, very capable of being deceived about particular things. I may think this is how this all works, and then all of a sudden i i the, everything changes. Everything is different. I respond to things differently than i anticipate. I Feel differently about people. I know people have relationships, I've been alive long enough to have seen this cycle occur where I've seen people who hated each other at one stage of life and will say, I will never be friends with that person, only to see now that they are close friends. Now I know that I've had that experience with people. People I said, I will never be able to get past this or never be able to forgive this or never be able to forget this and then find out that those those statements were not real. And so when somebody says to you, I will never believe, and this is just a moment of encouragement. Because you we all have people in our life who are when we share the gospel with them, or when they talk about Jesus, or when they talk about faith, they're like, I will never believe in Jesus or I will never put my trust in him or I will never do this. Just understand, they are a finite fallen human being. They're not capable of knowing what they will do forever or never god has the power to change but i do think there are two types of responses that are more accurate one response is i don't ever want to believe and i I do believe that can be true of people people cannot want to believe i believe this was true of the pharisees who were encountering Jesus, True, the Sadducees who were encountering Jesus, to a lot of people that come to Jesus. And when you're dealing with people who say, I will never believe, or this is all a hoax or whatever, and I'll never think this way, I'll never change my mind, and different things, what you really want to ask them is, do you not want to? Do you not want to believe that God is real? Because that means that they like the life they have, and if God is real, then they have to lose the life that they have, and they don't want to lose the life they have. That was true for people in Jesus' day. When he's there, they're looking right at him. They're seeing the miracles take place. And it's like, but I don't want to believe it because if I believe it, I have to give up what I have. And they didn't want to give up what they had. And so that's one group of people. They do not want to give up what they have. And so if people don't want to lose the life that they have, then they don't want to believe that he's true. Because if he is true, then they have to sacrifice themselves and they don't want to. The other category of people, though, is those are those people who want to believe they just need help it's like the guy who comes to Jesus for his son to be healed and he says Lord I want to believe help my unbelief help my unbelief and I, that's just such a a precious honest answer I believe but help my unbelief he's like I, I really want this to happen I really want this to happen but everything in my mind everything in my heart says this can't happen The good news is that Jesus wants to help our unbelief. So, if you have friends or family members, children, or parents who want to believe, if they say to you, I want to believe, I just, I'm having trouble with all the surrounding things, well, there's good news. God can press through that, God can reveal himself in those circumstances. He wants to help our unbelief. Look in verse 24. It says, But Thomas called twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. I will never believe. Again, he's not really capable. I mean, you can make that statement, but you can't authoritatively make that statement because he's a finite fallen person. A week later, after his disciples were indoors again, a week. And Thomas was at them, was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." Almost every time he comes, he shares this peace, he's trying to calm fears. Then he said to Thomas, "Put your finger here and look at my hands." Reach out your hands and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. Now some traditions will say that Thomas absolutely did do that, but it doesn't say that right here. But Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus comes to him and immediately goes to the one who is struggling with his faith. And the thing that is so important here is Jesus does not want us to be faithless. He recognizes when we are struggling with faith issues. And when we are his children, when we are his followers, when We are those who he has called to himself. He comes to us and says, I'm going to help you with your faith. I'm going to help you, give you what you need in order to know and understand. But hear, hear the words of Christ, don't be faithless. To our statement, I will never believe, Jesus' response is always, don't be faithless. In fact, believe without seeing. Believe without seeing. Now, obviously, after all this virus thing is done and is taken care of, we're all going to look back and go, "This is what happened. And this is this is what we should have done. We should have handled it this way." People are already doing that. We should have, back in I don't know, 2003, started already prepare for these things, you know, that were going to happen 17 years later. And the reality is, is we were all there, and we weren't thinking about this. We weren't looking in this direction. There were people who were warning things, but there's people who are saying things all the time about a lot of different things that need attention. This just happened to be the one that hit. You know, there's people who are warning us about meteors hitting the earth. There's people who are warning us about, uh, you know, problems of this and problems of that. And if we don't do things to stop these problems, we address the problems that we see. We are looking at the things as they are real to us because that's humanity we the the world deals in the natural the we, world deals with what it sees in front of it and believes what it sees what is real to it and even as this as word of this virus spreads or whatever it's more real to the people who are experiencing it firsthand if you are the one who is looking at a loved one who is suffering from this, or you know someone personally who is suffering from this, then it's very real to you. But if you haven't seen it, then it's something that is way far off. And it doesn't touch me. And so, of course, you have less fear. It's when it becomes personal. It's when it becomes real. It's when it becomes close to you. But it doesn't... Under all those circumstances, Jesus' response is the same to us, and that is don't be faithless. Don't be faithless. Don't be a person who doesn't trust me. Doesn't trust me. Doesn't believe the words that I've spoken. You know, the thing that the rebuke against Thomas is is that, Thomas, I told you this was going to happen. I told you all this was going to happen. And, and he is saying, blessed is the person who can believe and trust these words without seeing me. Friends, he's talking to us. We are the ones who are blessed when we can believe having never seen Jesus in person. All we have is the story of Jesus' life. All we have is the testimony given to us. We take this book and we believe and we trust that it is god's authoritative word to us just because we were told that 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 truth was shared with us and we chose to believe it and so in every circumstance you face you are going to be tested in this to stop believing that To stop believing that God's word is true. To stop believing that his promises are real. To stop believing that God is all powerful. That God has your best interest. That there really is eternal life. Throughout the day, every day, things are coming at you and so forth. And you are tempted to be faithless because of what you are seeing. And Jesus is saying, I want you to continue to be faithful even in spite of the fact you can't see the thing that would give you the greatest faith. You just simply believe what I have told you, what I've shared with you. If Thomas had, again, Thomas had received that word, he just didn't believe it. We have received the word. And this is our opportunity to believe it. And so every person who straddles the fence out there who is who's thinking I don't know whether I can trust him or not trust him we all are in that place we none of us know for sure that this is the way this is going to turn out and everything's I've not been to the other side I've not died been to the other side seen God and heaven and then come back and say oh it's all real I all I have is what God has given me through his word and he's saying Based on the fact that I predicted my own death, that I resurrected from the dead, and that I'm here today talking to you, he's saying, based on that, believe what I'm telling you is true. Don't be faithless. Don't be faithless. Faithlessness only results in death. And faith results in life. It's all, that's always been the offer that Jesus has given us. To help us with that, though, he has given us what I call miracle stories. Miracle stories are just simply that, stories that transcend the natural to show that he is real. I, one of the things I've enjoyed most about being involved in mission work and going to different mission conferences and so forth is hearing the stories uh, from overseas, things that are happening on the front lines of the mission field, and you have stories over in Asia of two girls who had been a part of a bible study and or had been persecuted and had to flee and and left and were trying to make it to a new church and and had to go through the winter and One of the girls froze to death, and the other girl carried the body of the girl who had frozen to death all the way to the church, and when she got to the church, the underground church, when she got there, they prayed over the girl, and the girl came back to life. And immediately, you're you're thinking, wait a second, wait a second, <laughs> I don't know. And, and you want to say, I will never believe that unless I was there watching that happen. And you realize that this is the challenge. It's like, why would they be sharing this story? Why would this be communicated? Why would God do something like that? You know I I've been uh, I've heard stories about heads of state in in Muslim countries of people who had dreams and and they had this dream about this Christian and 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 their need for this and so forth and it was very detailed and very and, and they went seeking out this person this believer and and then would find him and then wanted to hear the gospel that they had you know it, it just things that transcend our imagination that that all of a, you hear the story and you're like that's amazing now why should we believe those things are true because when you read the Bible it's filled with those things Jesus is constantly doing those things in the Old Testament God is constantly doing those things through the through all through the Old Testament and and into the prophets and 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 you see as as the as the prophets are proclaiming God's Word and the people are seeking to go astray he does these things that only God could do to show look this is me this is me saying this this is my word it is worth believing and the reason why I think it happens more on the front lines of the mission field is because that is where the the gospel is having the hardest time penetrating people's minds so many of the people here we don't believe because we just choose not to believe. Like I said, we don't want to give up the God that we have. But it, when you go overseas, they want to believe that Jesus is true. They want to believe the gospel is true. But it's so far removed from them. Their understanding, their their knowledge of the Bible is so minimal. They didn't grow up in Sunday school hearing about Daniel in the lion's den. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and I hear about Elijah and the chariots of fire. They didn't, And calling down fire from heaven. And, and all these, they didn't hear about these things. We did hear about these things we've been told these stories over and over and over again and the reason why we share them over and over and over again the reason why we teach them the children the reason why stories are circulated in the mission field is so that we will believe so that we can god is still continually saying yes i am god i have power that you know not of and i want you to understand Look at how he he says in verse 30 he says Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. So Jesus walked upon this earth again he healed people and if you're if you're a thinking person just think why would Jesus heal eyes that can't see only to know those eyes would go dark again? Why would Jesus heal legs that can't walk only to know at some point those legs aren't going to walk again? Why would Jesus heal a lame hand only to know that hand is going to wither and die when that person withers and die? Why would Jesus bring people back from the dead only to let those people die again? Why would he do these things? Why was he doing miracles at all? He was performing these signs so that people... Look, he explains it. Verse thirty one, But these are written so that you may believe That Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. That's what I want to challenge you to do. And it's not the first time I've challenged you to do this. I want you to gain courage through reading His Word. Pick up the Word of God. Put it on your phone. Listen to the verses daily. Listen to what God has already done to understand what he is currently doing. As we read his word over and over again, it reminds us, oh, this makes more sense. Yes, God, this is in character with what God has been doing all along. And and I can see now how he is working this together for good for his purposes and not my own. That Oh, this is his mission. This is what he's trying to accomplish. Now it makes sense in light of what he reveals through his word. He's God. And so he created this word so that it would be a light to us in dark times. So that it would give us the courage and the inspiration that we need in order to get through those difficult moments. It is written so that we may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So when you are doubting that Jesus is the Messiah, is our Savior and our Deliverer, what do you do? You turn to the Word. Here's the thing that always amazes me. I have so many people who say uh, that this atheist or, or people who are atheist or agnostic and so forth who come to me and say, I just really struggle with believing this. But when I really press deeper. They've given the Bible a cursory glance. But they have indulged themselves in the teaching of someone who is a false prophet or a false philosopher. They are listening to people who are not preaching or proclaiming the truth. They are getting guidance from people who are absolutely not faithful to what God's word said. And they're listening to what those people say and they're saying this is false. But they're not looking at what this says. And... I'm not saying that there aren't people out there who don't believe in God, who haven't examined God's Word extremely carefully. I do know people like that exist, but there are very few. Most people who are uh, what I call um, practical atheists don't really have a good understanding of what God's Word actually says. This is a little plug for our podcast. This is why we do the podcast every week. While we read through the Bible together and then examine what God said and invite people to ask questions, and I always appreciate when questions come in and I thank you for the questions you have. If we've already gone through a passage and you ask me a question late, we'll still go back and we'll address it because the most, we want, you, we want you to, that's why we called it understanding Jesus. We want you to understand Jesus. That's why we have Sunday school and Bible studies. That's why we preach the word each week. The idea is that we learn his word. We learn his word because we live in Christ and then we learn his word so that we might love others as he loves us. We learn his word so that we might lead other people to him so that they can live for Christ and learn his word and love others as he loves us and lead other people to him. We gain courage to do this through reading his word. When I've been in times where, I, where I'm where i in that moment, you know that moment I'm talking about, that moment where fear begins to take over. That moment of, I, I feel like I need to have a gospel conversation with this person, but I'm afraid of how they'll respond to me. Or I'm, or I'm in a moment where I'm actually afraid for my life, where I'm afraid that this is this is what's going to happen. I've, I've, the, on many mission trips that I've had, there have been places where we just felt afraid. And what got us through the moment was not that we bucked up and we said, let's just pull ourselves together and do this. No, we went back to the Word. God brought us here. Here we are in this situation. And I believe that God will sustain me. I remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they stood before King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to throw you in the fire if you don't worship and bow down to me. And they said, you know what? We're not going to do it. Our God has the power to deliver us from the fire. And then they said these amazing words. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to be faithful to him. Because he's God and he's our God. And I I hear that story, that miracle story, and I apply it in my own situation. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid. And I know my God has the power to deliver me in these circumstances. And even if he doesn't, he's still my God. And I will be faithful to him. And I will believe that he will take me even in death and resurrect me from the dead and keep me for all eternity. And so I face the moment with courage. And where do I get that courage? I get it from his word. This morning, believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. Believe that Jesus is the Messiah the son of God and by believing you may have life in his name this is this is a moment when you and I have to decide who am I going to trust am I going to trust everything that's coming to me through the news and all the things I'm reading online am I going to google the answer to life am I going to google how to prepare myself for what's coming ahead or am I going to go back to his word and see what his word has to say Now let me encourage you in this, that this is not something to be done alone. This is something we do together as the body of Christ. Because there is a tendency for us to read a verse of the Bible, think we have it figured out, and then run with it. Let me tell you, this is why Jesus told us to make disciples. This is why discipleship is so important, is so we can help one another to learn and grow. If you read something and don't understand it, then then reach out to somebody and ask. If you ask me and I don't know, I just ask somebody else who knows more than I know. And then I relay that answer back to you. But don't think for one second, I just go, I think I figured it out without any help from other people. I've spent my lifetime asking other people for clarification about God's word and have taken that clarification and applied it to my own understanding. That is discipleship. People have discipled me. I take the discipleship that's been given to me. I take the training that's been given to me, passed down from Jesus himself through his apostles over generations. And it comes to here, and you also need that training as well. So if you are thinking, I've read the Bible and so forth, ask yourself this, though. Have I put my faith in him, trusted him, and asked someone to disciple me? So that I can understand and know who he is. Or are you just going on your own understanding? Are you just out there on your own? Are you like the Ethiopian eunuch stuck out in the desert reading something and have no understanding about it? Take a moment. Put your faith in Jesus. Trust him. Ask for help. Pray with me. Father, Lord, as we look at your word. Father, may you surround us with people who will guide us, help us understand. Lord, we've been doing this for thousands of years. Lord, even the Apostle Paul, when he first came to a realization that you were real, went and sat under the teaching of others, Lord, to get a greater understanding, to to flesh out his belief and, and his understanding because he wanted to believe. And, Lord, you brought people into his life who gave him greater understanding. And what incredible, incredible results. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, you used him to teach countless people. His teaching still reaches to us 2,000 years later. But, Father, if there's somebody out there today who wants to believe, who wants to trust, but maybe they've gotten bad teaching... Maybe they've, maybe they've been led astray. Maybe they've been taken in a wrong direction. And they just, they need a person who understands your word to come alongside them. Father, will they seek that out? And Father, will you provide it? Just like the Ethiopian eunuch is out in the middle of the desert and you brought Philip from a revival in Samaria. You brought him all the way out to the desert to be there to minister to that person, to give them clarification, understanding so that they could know you. Lord, you are always... Helping our unbelief. And so Lord, if we have doubts, Lord, may we not turn to have those answers resolved. May we not turn to the world to have those answers resolved. May we turn to you. Lord, this is is a moment of clarification. This is a moment where we have the opportunity to look to you for help. Father, I pray, God, that we would stop looking to the government, that we would stop looking to medical people and, and all types of... I'm very appreciative of all the work those people are doing, but, Father, the answer lies in you. You are our source of hope. You are our source of truth. May we trust you today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn
1: your eyes upon Jesus.
2: Thank you for being with us today. We have uh, stuff for the children, not after this is over, but we are going to provide uh, some videos for the kids to watch. We'll have to email that to you. We'll email you a link to the videos uh, just for copyright reasons and so forth. They won't let us stream it out. But, um, but we, we do have a lot of stuff we want to share with the kids, and so uh, be looking for that. And if you don't get an email this week with links for your kids and so forth to watch, uh, contact the church. You can email me at Troy at FBCJ.us or you can contact, uh, call the church and uh, you should have that information out there. Go to the website and uh, find a way to link to us or wherever. But contact us and let us know if you don't get anything uh, this week, in fact, the first few days of the week. Don't forget, next week we'll have this 9 a.m. live stream and then right after we'll be out in the parking lot at 10.30 uh, and we will have a worship service uh, in person again. Uh, everybody, we're still under the restrictions to, to uh, stay in our cars and everything, uh, trying to flatten the curve, as we heard that over and over and over again. Uh, and uh, and then the next week, we will do the same. So April 26th, May 3rd, those two will be the same. And then May 10th, we look back, uh, that's Mother's Day. We look forward to seeing everybody. We, we may even have multiple services in order to try to accommodate everybody with some spatial uh, needs, and and so we're we're thinking through it, and uh, and we'll come up with a way to get us all together to worship again, and at the same time keep everyone safe. Uh, so be praying for us as we look through that and try to come up with ways to do that, creative ways. But uh, look so look forward to seeing everyone again, and uh, and just and we have a baptism uh, that Sunday as well. So uh, that uh, what a great way to come back together as we bring new believers into the faith. Uh, through the ordinance of baptism. But anyway, God bless you guys. Thanks for being with us today. And um, look forward to uh, seeing you on Zoom on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, if, again, if you want a Zoom connection and you haven't got one before, uh, with that password ID kind of thing, then contact us and say, hey, I didn't get included in the Zoom thing. And, uh, and we'll be sure and get that information out to you as well. It's good to see everybody in that format, if nothing else. But anyway... Going to let you go, and uh, may God bless you. Have a, Daniel, am I forgetting anything? Daniel says no. Notice the six feet between Daniel and me. Uh, <laughs> anyway, God bless you guys. Appreciate you all. Uh, have a blessed day. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for how great and amazing you are. Lord, I do. We just want to lift up a praise for our healthcare workers and our people out there delivering stuff and 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 facing facing their fears. Going out and keeping uh, this nation going, and, and all nations going, and Father, just people who are willing to work and and uh, and and to serve other people. Uh, Lord, just uh, I just are so appreciative of the, of the courage that people have shown uh, through this time. Lord, uh, may we spend less time this week soaking in the information that the world is giving, and more time soaking in the information that you give us through your Word. Father, what a great opportunity to change our life pattern around to where we inundate ourselves with what your word says. Lord, I pray for lots of questions. And and Lord, because that shows me that people are reading and trying to discern what it is that your word is communicating. And Father, may we continue to grow in our life of discipleship. Watch over your church and protect us. Lord, we look forward to the day when we come back together again. Ultimately, we look forward to the day when we rejoice with you in eternity. We pray it in Jesus' name.